Welcome to Our International Story, a podcast about international students. In this show, we will know more about struggles, achievements, and journey of inspiring international students from their home country to living and studying overseas. I'm your host, Freya, and this podcast also portrays my journey as an international student. So let's get started. My guest for this podcast is Daniel Newen, a recipient of 2018 Victorian International Education Awards and recognized as the International Student of the Year in the Higher Education category. Daniel is actively involved in the local community and peer mentoring. Growing up in Vietnam, Daniel wanted to pursue his higher education overseas where he could be a part of globalized environment and was offered a full scholarship to study in Australia by the Vietnam Chamber of Commerce and Industry. While in his undergraduate degree, Daniel stepped up to become a student leader to join Deakin University English Language Institute's Leadership and Internship Program and was later awarded the Vice-Chancellor Medal for Outstanding Contribution to the University Life in 2017. In this episode, I'm speaking with Daniel about his student leadership roles as an undergraduate, his involvement in the community and studying in Australia as an international student. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to chat with you. Ah, that's my pleasure. Thanking you for the invitation. Thank you. So let's dive straight into how did you come to Australia? What was your thought process about coming to Australia and making that decision that this is the country I want to be studying in? Mm-hmm. Back in 2016 is when I first arrived to Australia. Putting a major part into my decision making is actually my mom. I come from a medical background, but then one day my mom told me that you should study in Australia mm. and study accounting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have a little bit argument mm. and she won. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I make decision to come to Australia to study. Right. Because funny you say that, because yeah. I wanted to go into hospitality management myself and a similar thing happened to me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I do not have any regrets at all that I mm. ended up studying accounting. I think it's a lot with parents, they want the best for us. But looking at that time now, do you think that you made the right decision? Are you happy with your choice? Yeah, it's actually one of the best decisions I made. At first, I was a little bit afraid to come to Australia because I don't actually speak English. Back in my home country, I was taught in French and Japanese. So that when I make decision to come to Australia, it was really, really out of my comfort zone. Yep. But then the more I study, the more I start to figure out what I really want to do mm. with my degree and to my skill set in the workplace as well. So after my bachelor degree, I actually really enjoyed the course. And then I extend my study for another year to complete my honours degree at Deakin as well. That's great. You touch on the topic of studying English. And we know that you came to study English at Deakin University English Language Institute before mm-hmm. starting at Deakin. And as we are all aware that in Australia, English is primarily used in professional, social setting and is very useful and helpful for graduate employability. Hmm. So what were some of the tricks or habits you picked up along the way that helped you in improving your English? Yeah, I guess I did follow like every other student the way they learn English by trying to learn from from textbook or watching movie, listen to music. But that 
is not probably not the best practice I find so far when I'm in Australia. Only thing that make me different from all the international students is that I live in a share house, but there's no Vietnamese in my share house. So I was forced to speak English every day. Mm. I'm lucky to have one Australian and one Russian who live with me. So it just created a perfect environment for me to practice English every day. And they're very considered, very helpful in picking up my grammar mistakes and then try actively try to engage me in the conversation so that I can gain more confidence. And then the more confidence I am in having conversation with my housemate, I extend it to my study life and work life as well. Definitely. I think I agree on that because it's more about organic way yes. of developing skills rather than textbook way and just sticking to learning or practicing it at while at university. Yeah. You said that you lived in a shared house. And so for international students who, let's say, they are not in a shared house situation, but what are some of the other things that you would say when you're they're going out and making friends, for example? How do they go out and seek friendships outside of their same community or cultural background? Yes. I did notice that when we're in overseas, it's very tempting to find someone from your own country and that started to speak the same language. However, the only thing I did different is that when I'm in a big group, including local student or, you know, student from other country, I actively speak in English, even though that I'm speaking with my Vietnamese friends. So that I can in hence the level of engagement of the conversation to everyone else as well, mm. to not lock myself away from, you know, only capable of speaking Vietnamese with my friend, yep. because that didn't make any difference in Vietnam at all. So right. when I'm in a conversation in a mm. classroom or even in a club, mm. yeah, I just purposely, intendedly to have everyone involved because I naturally love people as well. So that's why I try to speak more English to them as I can. And I think similar with me that when I first came, I did not have a lot of friends here. I was yeah. a bit isolated, but I found that finding groups and societies or during orientation week, that mm. was very, very helpful. And immersing yourself in the opportunities that are presented within the university, such as the peer mentoring program, mm. was really fantastic in the sense that it not just helped me gain an understanding of navigating my way through the university, mm -hmm. but also helping in making lasting friendships along the way. Yeah. And you never realize, but you also pick up some soft skills, like you mentioned about communication, practicing more English on the top of other things that come with that. Definitely. So that's a really good tip. Thank you for that, Daniel. So what were some of the other challenges that you faced as an international student and how did you overcome it? So I guess when I arrived to Australia, Cultural difference is definitely the biggest difference in here. I remember when I go to school, I always bow to my teacher and then, you know, speak to them very formally until my teachers tell me to stop. So again, that is something very different. And then we start to have to actively participate in the class. So instead of have to sit tight and listen to the lecture as blended concept, now we have to actually put the, the question up and then engage in the discussion part of it. Knowing the difference is good, but actively changing myself and my awareness to adapt to that difference is the most difficult part. And I guess uh, right now it's become much better as the time gone by. I become more confident and you know, speak to my local friends as much as I can now. 
So more Aussie I became, I guess. <laughs> but so far, I still don't understand the Aussie slang at all. So if you arrive from overseas, don't afraid if you don't understand the language. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think I thought we'll start deep diving into your student leadership role as mm -hmm. an international student. Yeah. You got involved in the Deakin University English Language Institute Leadership and Internship Program and later as a program coordinator of that program. Yeah. What propelled you to pursue these fantastic leadership positions? Well, I think this originally is from where is my challenge is, is that I still have the cultural barrier, I have the language barrier, but then I realized that I need to do something different is that I need to have more engagement with the local students, speak more English and find the opportunity. And I guess from the curiosity that I have, then I start to ask for the shortest opportunity from my academics, from my coordinator at the English program. So they introduced mm -hmm. me to the leadership program that we have at the Dudley, which is Deakin University English Language Institute. The program is a fantastic program specifically for international students to participate in. There is a long process of interview, but luckily I passed the interview itself and become one of the student leaders. And then that changed my life completely. That um, made me become a student leader, that having new students from overseas to come to Australia and having a better transition. So then the more I get involved with the program, the more I love my work. And I guess I love people more and more as well. So that I start to put my hands up when there is an opportunity for the program coordinator. Again, went through so many interviews and yes, finally got one. And that is just a big milestone for my career. So you did mention about putting your hand up. I yeah. think as an international student, it is very important to put your hand up yeah. in different situations because you are presented with so many opportunities. But then if you do not take initiative yourself, yeah. the opportunities won't come to you naturally. Mm -hmm. But we know from the fact that a lot of international students, they feel a little bit shy or intimidated mm -hmm. with so many opportunities. And someone who is not comfortable with putting their hand up, what advice would you give them? So that they feel a little bit more comfortable down the track. Yeah, I get the biggest advice that I would give to every new student who come to Deakin when they first arrived is that they should be curious about the culture, about the lifestyle that they going to undertake over the next couple of years. When student arrived, they're trying to seek the familiar approach that they used to live in their home country, speak to their friends in their own language and then find their home country food. But again, the curiosity will be the major factor that's going to impact their professional development. When you are curious about the people, you start to speak to people. When you are curious about how you develop your professional development, you will actively put your hands up. And then, yeah, I guess that is what we came here for. And you become a little bit more comfortable as you practice it. Yes. That's Definitely. really great, yeah. <laughs> Talking about your experiences in leadership roles and peer mentoring, how did you start it and how did you come to know about such opportunities in the first place? Because mm -hmm. when you come to any university or any institute, yep. there are so many opportunities and there is a lot of scope to get confused. So which one do you think, how did you go about selecting the opportunities which are right for you at that point in time? 
Mm, I guess at first I because I only study, then since I'm very obsessing with managing my own schedule, and then I start to see that I actually have block of time a lot, then. Because of curious as well, I start to ask my teacher for his guidance, and then I ask, I talk to my mentor as well. That is when they started to introduce me to various opportunity, and in fact, they can provide me a, with a lots of opportunity that I can find from the English school to the university. They're all available in the website as long as we willing to digging in and start to ask for help. I guess the The right attitude to ask for help is very important as well, because if you don't ask or if you're not seeking for that opportunity, it would never come. Right, and mm. a lot of universities do have mentoring programs. Yes, that help first year students transition into their um, second year or you know in their course. Mm-hmm. So seeking that mentor out and asking them right questions is very important for that transition, and then they can point you in the right direction. Along Absolutely. the way as well. Yeah. In fact, when I was a program coordinator, then I actually started to aware about the program that I'm coordinating. The best way to build a strong mentor team that not only that their mentee can be benefited from the program, but also their mentor can build up their skill, their employability assessment. That's right. Um, just to make them become it not only confidence. But also employable in the future as well. So, yeah, that's great. And you did mention about employability side of things. Mm-hmm. And everyone gets different skills when they get involved in such opportunities. One skill that I certainly learned along the way was resilience. Yeah. What were some of the skills that you learned through these opportunities? Mm-hmm. So through these opportunity. I learn when I develop my skill set. I base on Deakin graduate learning outcomes, including eight different outcomes that I need to achieve when I graduate. Uh, that is from my mindset when I participate in any program. Specifically, there are knowledge, discipline, skill, communication, teamwork, leadership, problem solving, global citizenship. And so on. So that is the backbone for my mindset when I participate in a program and how I'm looking to develop myself toward that skill set. Along the way, I started to develop further, more interpersonal skill, like practice appreciation and reflection. So I guess that is the two newest skill that I will add into my portfolio of skill set. I should learn. That's great. And from our conversation, I can. I can pick up that there were really important people who have helped in your career. You did mention about your mom. You did mention about your mentor. Yeah. I've got to ask you that: who really inspires you, and in what way? Mm. So I got inspired a lot by everyone around. Since I practicing appreciation a lot, then I started to realize that when I speak to someone, I can try to find the best possible, the best attribute. From that person to learn, but to name a specific person, then I would say that from Dr. Hương Lê and Dr. Li Trang. So these are two Vietnamese professors that very inspiring. And again, it's very inspiring to see someone from from your own home country and actually made up their whole career in a foreign country, write so many academics paper to contribute to the 
literature. And then actually one of them, Professor Lee Chung, is the most, is one of the 15 most influenced women in Vietnam as well. Very inspiring and yeah, very motivating me to moving toward that direction. They definitely sounds like a huge influence on your life, Daniel, and I should definitely look them up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so recommend. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're also part of Deakin Students on Board Initiative by Bendigo Bank, which is a community bank. Mm-hmm. This tells me that you're actively involved in the local community as well as have a wider sense of purpose in what you do through the positions you undertake, not just within university, but also outside of the university. Yeah. I did some research and realized that around 77% of Metropolitan Victorian Bendigo Bank board members are aged 46. So it's quite impressive that you're actually breaking away from the stereotype and doing something unconventional. Tell me about your role in this program and what has your experience been so far? Yeah, uh, sort of a, actually a big question. Well, first thing first, as the member of the board director, my role is to be a member of the subcommittee of the corporate governance committee, drawing from my previous experience from my honours degree in accounting and auditing. Then I also recently extended my position to become a company secretary to managing on of the share registration and handling business administration from the company to assist the chairman with the AGM and so on. So first of all, when I first participate in the program, my ultimate goal is to improve my understanding of what I have learned in my degree. It's just a fantastic opportunity to practicing and to apply the knowledge that you have from your degree into practice. And I mean, for a good purpose, this position is a voluntary position. So I was admitted to the board of director at the Blackburn South Community Branch of Bendigo Bank, where you are correct, the average age is about 50 to 60s. But the good thing is that the board member is actively seeking for a new way to increase the youth engagement and innovative approach to enhance their business practice. Therefore, I see that is the way where I can put my hands up again and play a part in the board as requested. So um, again, it's very challenging at first because the significantly difference between the skill set and the age gap as well, that make it challenging to join the board at first, but when you're undertaking your role seriously, and I was lucky to have a mentor with me as well. So that helped me to get through the transition stage and become an official member, official member of the board director. That's great, Daniel. And I noticed that obviously you have a full-time job and you have so many interesting things that you're doing outside of work. Yeah. So how do you maintain that fine balance between professional and personal life and Mm -hmm. finding the time for yourself at the same time? Yeah. So I actually got that question a lot because students just came to me and asked, like, how do you manage your time to meet on those commitments? I guess the main thing is lay in your mindset and discipline. I'm very disciplined with my personal schedule. Like when I have one me day, then that is my sat- my favorite Saturday. I would never do anything else to find a balance where I need to have with my partner, 
with my family member. But for the any other days, I have a specific task and schedule for me, not to, only to meet my full-time working commitment, but also to my duty as a board member and also with any volunteering activities that I did. In fact, I did volunteering activities every once a month to just for something that I like to do to contribute to the community. At first, it's very hectic and just hard to balancing, but I've been doing that for three years. So it's really fun now that I'm actually doing it every year. And looking back, I feel like I did something more than I was expected to do when I first arrived to Australia. I would have to definitely agree on that because I get asked that question quite a bit. Mm. And I think similar to me that it's so important to have that me day or me time. Yeah. Because when your life gets really busy, it's very easy to forget your self-care mm. and the importance of having some downtime where you do not think about anything else but yourself and you're just enjoying the time with yourself, introspecting or doing anything that you quite enjoy yeah. is very important. And I think very important, the other thing that I would say is that having a diary, and I can see that you have a diary with you right now, or having that scheduled, everything mapped out during the weekdays is very important. Having a diary or a Google calendar going definitely helps. What did you do as a student when Mm -hmm. there was multiple, when you managed multiple part-time jobs, so many commitments? Mm -hmm. Did you have similar approach as a student? Because I think the added extra layer was examinations and the assignment commitments at that time. Yes, definitely. I found it even challenging when I was a student because back when I was a student, I was an honor student. So I had to do a lot of research. And then every time I never finished work at 12 p.m. So it's in some specific period because when you do researching, it's very hectic. However, again, when I mentioned earlier about the mindset is, is to see how far you actually can see you go with that schedule. At first, I thought like when I have a full-time commitment, like when I study or when I'm working, I would not have enough time to go and get engaged in anywhere else. But then I remember one of my research fellow is also one of my mentors at work as well. She's pregnant and she is a full-time researcher and she also taking part-time with her PhD studies. And then she got balancing with her family work. And then I feel myself as nothing in comparing to her and on the commitment that she has to face with. So therefore, I changed my mindset after that moment onward. And then I feel that everything is possible for me now. I really like your attitude, Daniel. That's very important for us to think that everything is achievable. And if it is not, it is okay. Yeah. And do anything and everything that's within our capacity. Yeah. And not overburdening ourselves, which do with too much stress is very important as an international student. Mm, yeah. So what's your final message to any current or prospective international students who are considering coming to Australia for yeah. studying? So for every new student, again, I would advise them the thing that I heard back and back again from my previous student leaders, my mentors, my inspiration stories is that students should be curious when they step out of their comfort zone. The more willingness they're willing to try on new things, the better they are in discovering what are they actually really like to pursue in the future and which can also help them to 
clear out what they want to do in the future and have a better pathway for their professional development. Perfect. It was a fantastic conversation with you, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining me today. That's a and pleasure. Wish you all the best. <laughs> Thank you very much.